Welcome to the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, hosted by veterinarians Dr. Lewis Kirkham and Dr. Robbie Anderton, who'll give you the inside scoop on the secret lives of your pets and have a lighthearted look at the latest animal news, health tips, and other random facts. All names of people and pets have been changed for confidentiality, so if the story sounds familiar, don't flatter yourself. Every owner is just as animal crazy as you are. So sit down, place your furry feathered or scaly best friend on your lap, and it's over to Lewis and Robbie. Alrighty, welcome guys to episode 209 of the uh, Two Vets Talk Pets podcast. I'm Dr. Lewis Kirkham, and I'm joined this week by a medical scientist and former lab manager of clinical pathology at the University of Melbourne Vet School at Werribee. Uh, and also my wife, Deb Kirkham. Welcome, Deb. Hello. Good afternoon on this gloomy Melbourne Monday. Yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. We had some, some a little bit of ordinary weather lately, haven't we? Mm, we have. The weekend. And uh, we've been uh, a little bit away a little bit, haven't we? We've been a bit sick, our whole family. So, been a bit of it's just a, a short hiatus on the record. So, hopefully we're back into it. Uh, the next few weeks. Yes, there were a lot of um, Panadol and tissues consumed over the last couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And also, my th- my, I still haven't fully recovered, so I'm extra Aussie nasal <laughs> tone at the moment, maybe for for the overseas listener. But speaking on that, we had a little bit of feedback over the week that um, that now that uh, you know Dr. Robbie's on his uh, sabbatical hiatus, shall we say that. Uh, that uh, the listener can now tell the difference between myself and my co-host, which is nice. Oh. Isn't it? So apparently you don't sound like Robbie at all. Oh, I could try and do a Robbie impersonation. Well, apparently we Oh, saying- go pies. Oh, <laughs> yeah, go pies. hope you're listening to that. That's a good one. <laughs> but apparently people have trouble telling us apart. We're very similar. Oh. Yeah, certainly not in real life, but maybe on, no. the, on the record we are. So no. anyway. But um, this week, or the last couple of weeks, we had a fair bit going on at, at work. Um, well, had... speaking of the last couple of weeks, yeah. can I just pop in something that we have missed with the passage of time yeah. and our little break that we've had, is that on Friday the 8th of October was International Vet Nurses Day, ah. which is very important. And I know you don't work on a Friday, so perhaps we're not <laughs> part of the celebrations, but I think, you know, we really need to acknowledge how amazing nurses are from the front of house to everything that goes on behind the scenes. And, you know, they really are just an essential part of the industry and they do an amazing job so well done nurses of australian veterinary technicians kudos and big snaps and hugs for all of you because yeah. you're just such valuable members of the the community oh i definitely agree with that i reckon it's a worldwide so not just the vets nurse and vet techs but worldwide yes what well, i said international oh did you sorry yes, okay, yes. i, I think australia celebrated it perhaps on a different day but um you know Whatever fits in. We were first, I'm sure. Oh, look, whatever fits in well with the um, Australian social calendar, I'm sure some Aussie made an executive decision to um, <laughs> fit it into the most uh, beneficial day <laughs> of yeah. the week. Yes. Well, we certainly had a cake at work. I mean, as you said, I wasn't there, but uh, we had a bit of a cake and I think there were some goodies that were uh, given out in appreciation of the nurses. So uh, certainly from a local level, big thank you to the nurses at my clinic. Yes. Um, I definitely appreciate their support uh, and also having a, a yarn with them and also the um, the uh, well the care they give the animals yes. at, at my clinic but also um, 
the help and advice too. I do yeah. certainly take advice from the nurses quite often. So yeah, they're in a very experienced lot, and I can say as someone who's not a vet and not a vet nurse, but working in the industry for over thirty years, um, some of my very very close friends at UVet were nurses, and um, I miss you all. Oh. And um, but they all, you know, rays of sunshine to brighten up our time in the lab and, um, yeah, essential part of the, the community. So excellent. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. We, um, we certainly had, um, last couple of weeks had a fair bit of wildlife coming through given it's uh, spring over here in, in Australia. Um, we had a, a little tawny frogmouth baby come in that was all, um, we could tell it was a baby because it had the, the really fluffy sort of feathers on it and it was, it was actually very cute, but it was quite aggressive. Was it? It was very yeah. cute. Was very cute, very cute and fluffy, and and we got it in. We had a bit of a dilemma of thinking about what we we're going to feed it until we oh. could get a wildlife carer to look after it. But uh, we'll, we'll, I was I was having egging the nurses on a little bit, going, "You've got to go out and find some worms, <laughs> or you're going to yeah, you got to catch some some uh, some mealy bugs, or you know, and roll them in some calcium powder, or a little get some little pinky mice, which just oh, sounds dear. horrible. I <laughs> know, oh, I know, but it is wildlife, so yeah, that's what they yeah. eat. So like your puppy or kitten that have quite sharp claws and teeth, does the tawny frog mouth baby have extra sharp talons or beak or, you know? Yeah, well, it's it's uh, the feet, yeah, they're, they're sharp, but they're not really a weapon kind of thing that they use. But it was more just rushing at us. Like, oh. sort of, yeah, it was like, it's like it was open mouth just rushing at us. So it gave us a bit of a fright, like, whoa. Like, it's obviously can't hurt us. Its beaks, you know, fair, I'm sure if it really wanted to, probably could, like an adult one could, but um, but just rushing at us and we're like, oh. But then after a while, after we... We got some um, some special uh, mix that's uh, that's specific for for the tawny frog mouths, and we're feeding it. After that, it was like open mouth wanting feed, so oh. it went well, pretty well for a couple of days, and then someone came and picked it up. So that was really good. We've had lots of baby possums in as well. We um we we haven't talked about little possum that we had oh, here, that, have we? Little no. little Arnie that um that we got I got from work that needed a little carer for for a few days until we could find a wildlife carer. So I brought. Brought Arnie home and Stella um, got very attached, unfortunately. But he was called Gus at work, but then came home and renamed Arnie here. Arnie, after um, Mackenzie Arnold, the um, Matilda's goalkeeper. Yes, spot on, <laughs> exactly. And so, um, so it was a little bit... Um, uh, it was very bit, distressing. It was, it was, it was very bit, upsetting. He didn't that quite make it, did he? He was here for a few nights and uh, it was going well. Oh, But then I, suddenly just um, he died, which unfortunately happens with wildlife and yes. in care quite often. So, and it especially was most, when they're so young too. And it was also most unexpected because he was probably the most robust and the biggest of all the possums, little baby possums that we'd had. So it mm. just sort of reminds you of how fragile life is mm. and, um, yeah, Keep those expectations low mm, when definitely. you're caring for an animal we like still that. We've still got them coming through, so it's yeah. um, it's um, yeah, we're, we're keeping the wildlife uh, carers uh, very busy as well. We also had a little quail come in oh. the other day, which was like was it was bizarre. We're like it's like a. I think it got put you know, brought in, and then someone brought in said I found a little a sparrow. Yes, and we got got it in, and then we uh, got it out of the cardboard box and put it into a cage. And I said, I don't think that's a sparrow. That looks like a little quail. It's running around, quite a bit bigger than a sparrow. And it was a quail. And we're like, oh, that's weird. And so when people bring in wildlife, we do ask them, you know, where. And it wasn't a baby. It was an adult quail. We asked them, where did you find it? Um, so if there's a chance of re-release, 
particularly possums um, and some other territorial animals, we can release them exactly where they were found. Once they're rehabbed, if they've got a sore, you know, if it's a possum that's just fallen out of the tree, needs some support, whatever. Um, so, so we always get the details. And this one we found, and I looked up on Google Maps the address, and it was literally a townhouse outside the front of a townhouse in the middle of suburbia, middle of oh. Port Melbourne. Oh. And, uh, and we're like, oh, what do we do with it? And so we spoke to Wildlife Victoria, it was healthy, everything. They said, I'll just release it to some grasslands. Oh. I'm like, there's <laughs> grasslands in the middle of Port Melbourne. We're like, what do you mean? And then we thought, well, it's probably actually a, um, a pet little someone's oh. someone's breeding little pet quails somewhere in the area oh. and it's managed to escape so it was a, it was a difficult situation i think we ended up uh taking up to westgate park oh which i'm not sure how it'll go there There's a few snakes around there this oh, time of year gosh so. well but anyway I'd, I'd be more concerned about releasing it to the what do you call it the um grasslands which would be the dog park Parks of Port Melbourne would be very quickly harvested, wouldn't it? <laughs> I think they mean long grass, like yeah, grass right. plains, not not just like a not just the middle of the MCG or something. Just just let it run around and chase the footy. No, I think I think it was meant to be somewhere with some long grass. So um, yeah, so the little quail. Hopefully, hopefully he's doing all right and he's found a nice little hiding spot in the grasslands. Mm. That's an interesting case of mistaken identity, though, thinking it's a sparrow mm. and it was a quail, mm. which reminds me of the possum <laughs> that was brought in by the very posh lady in Turak oh, too, yeah. many years ago. Oh, yeah, I had a uh, – <laughs> yeah, gosh, that, that's a while ago. So, yeah, when I was working in Turak, uh, uh, someone brought in a shoebox and uh, they had the front counter and they, uh, they were very, very – Posh and uh, I think it was two dear, dear older ladies, quite posh. Oh, I found a little possum in the backyard and, um, you know, I've been feeding it. such a delightful little thing. I've been feeding it up and, you know, I've been offering it food. It's very hungry. It's been eating well. I thought we should bring it in to have it assessed. And, and so it wraps its tail mm. around my finger yes, and oh, probably touches all the neck. diamonds. my neck and little kiss here, diamonds. <laughs> Just yeah. dripping with diamonds yeah. and oh, the possum curls its tail around my fingers. Yeah, and around my pearl necklace. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, and so it was at the front counter and um, I think a nurse that was there was an inexperienced nurse sort of said, oh, I'll go and get a vet. So I came out. And I was like, oh, yes, a little shoebox, you know, his little possum. Oh, yes, we've been loving it so. It's giving us kisses. It's such oh. a sweet little thing. <laughs> I've lifted up the lid of the shoebox and gone, yeah, that's a rat. <laughs> and I've never seen two <laughs> old ladies move so fast out of the clinic. They realise that they've been they've been feeding a rat over the last couple of weeks. <laughs> they've been had. Yeah, definitely. So anyway, so, yeah, that's, that's an interesting story, that. So... Anyway, a um, big thank you to Azilkeen uh, for your support of the po- podcast. Um, they've got small capsules now available. They've also got some bulk packs. Um, it's a mild anxiety-lowering medication. Um, and I had a, a client come in uh, the other week, and they uh, they had two dogs in the house, and they'd recently lost one of the dogs, passed away. And they said the remaining dog in the house was actually grieving, which is mm. a known thing. We do know pets certainly do grieve, and they can become depressed. Um, and I said, well, look, let, let's put the, the dog in the house that's remaining on some Zilkeen, mm-hmm. help with things, anxiety and depression. Um, and, you know, a call later, um, three or four days later, I gave him a call and, look, doing a lot better, much much improved now, eating well and uh, 
and and tending to cope with the with the loss of of a beloved companion. Shall oh, we that's say. good, mm. and obviously not too much of a lag time before it kicks in then if you they're seeing results with it so quickly which is really yeah helpful to people yeah it's depended a little bit on the results usually i would say within 48 hours i hope to see some results from, from zilkin um you know so yeah definitely if, if you've got somewhere your mild anxiety of your pet a cat dog um or horses as well um, wow. we don't do a lot of horse stuff do we on the show no um but um but certainly get some Zilkin. And also a big thank you to Delicate Care. Um, they've signed on. Just, uh, just I had uh, had a lovely breakfast with Andre during the week from Delicate Care. And they've decided to support us until the end of the year, which is really nice at this stage. So big thank you to them. They're Australian-made, Australian-owned, uh, fantastic food. Um, they've got uh, quite a few different varieties. They've got... Uh, for the dogs, they've got dental, um, skin and stomach, and mobility support. Um, so go to, to, uh, to your vet clinic to, to source that or also, also your local pet shop. Um, and also, geez, lots of thank yous today. We're really getting to it. Big thank you to our Patreon supporters. But thank you to Emily Stoner, who has this week became a silver VIP or very important pet owner. So thank you very much for all your support, Emily. We really do appreciate it. Um, you're over in the States. I forget whereabouts. Maybe Oregon. I might have got that wrong. I'm not sure. But there's a sticker heading your way, certainly. So um, knowing the mail, that should be there in, a, in probably about three or four years' time. <laughs> Thanks, Emily, <laughs> yeah. for your support. That's wonderful. Yeah, definitely. Um, and uh, actually something, I um, uh, went, to, uh, went to a conference, you know, I went to that go- conference up in the Gold Coast, oh, it must be three or four months ago now, and um, met up with some some guys I went to school with there. And there was a interesting case that, um, that my uh, friend Rich, Rich Amos, Shout out to Rich. Yes, if hi, Rich. If, Rich, if you've got your phone sorted, mate, you can <laughs> you know how to download a podcast. It's uh, very good of you. And the QR codes will give me a little bit of grief. He's <laughs> you know, from up in, I'm um, not sure if he's up Townsville, up Darwin. Anyway, he's up far north Queensland somewhere. So yes. I think uh, perhaps things move, technology moves a little bit slow up there. So he was working on his career. Anyway. Come back to he. He has a, a Labrador that comes in his clinic, um, and every year he sees a Labrador vaccination checkup, that sort of thing. And every year he feels the stomach, and at some stage the Labrador ate a washing basket. So you know the plastic <laughs> washing baskets are sort of uh, they're like a cage sort yes, of around yes. the side. So it's, it's eaten portions of that, and he says every year it comes in. And he palpates the stomach of this Labrador and he feels crunching <gasps> of the plastic in the stomach. And oh obviously when it gosh. first did it, he said to the owners, look, there's a chance that, you know, it's going to get stuck. There's yes. going to be an issue. It's going to get you know, peritonitis or something going oh on. Oh, my gosh. And the owner's like, well, we can't really afford, you know, a procedure. And he's like, oh, well, we'll just wait and see. And he says every <laughs> year he goes, oh, what's in the stomach? And then he looks up and he goes, oh... Yeah, that's uh, that's Humphrey. I don't know, making oh up a name, gosh. but yeah, it's Humphrey who's eating the washing basket that I can still feel in its guts when I when I palpate it every year. How's wow, that? gosh, it's amazing to think that just sits <laughs> oh, there. If I was that dog's owner, I'd be taking out a Tats Lotto ticket oh. every week. You know, given that it hasn't perforated, um, yeah, that's very lucky. <laughs> yeah, spot on. So I thought that was, that was really interesting. So, um, so yeah, that's a, that's a little interesting case that uh, that happened too. So. Um, I suppose uh, we can move on to the disclaimer, then then we'll move on to our main topic this week, which is actually vegan diets for cats. 
Fascinating. Um, so all advice on this show is general in nature, so please consult your veterinarian before following any advice for your pet. We do our best to provide the most up-to-date information, but as veterinary medicine is continually advancing and changing, please let us know Please let us know if we have missed anything. So I think, was this an article you sent to me or highlighted to me that was maybe not? Possibly. It's been around for a while. Um, it's about vegan, um, feeding vegan diets to cats. And so mm-hmm. certainly when I went through vet school, we were taught that, that cats are obligate carnivores mm-hmm. so they do have to eat meat in their diet and um and it sort of reared its head a little bit with um with an, a study that um that was highlighted i think this is in the it might be in the herald sun um and it's called the title is myth my myth myth breath ethy excuse me myth mice breathe easy and it says vegan cats are healthier Cats are healthier when fed vegan diets, according to a groundbreaking new study. An international collaboration collaboration led by veterinary professor Andrew Knight of the UK studied 1,369 cats fed vegan or meat-based diets pet food for at least one year. Cats fed vegan diets had better health outcomes for each of seven general health indicators studied. Average cats fed vegan diets had a 15% lowered risk of needing medication and were 7% less likely to visit vets more often. So I thought, well, that mm. sounds really interesting. What, what's this sort of study that, that, uh, yes. that's going on? How robust yeah. are those findings? Already I'm flagging a whole bunch of stuff like comorbidities and ages and... Mm. Right, excellent. So I thought, oh, well, I better do a little bit of research for the listener and... Uh, you know, see sort of whereabouts um, it sits. And this was a really good sum up that was done by the theconversation.com. Um, and it was in response to that article or that that, uh, that journal uh, piece. So is it really safe to feed your cat a vegan diet? And I thought, well, that sounds good. And it's by Alexandra Whitaker. Um, and it does highlight a lot of things that sort of I've always thought about and reading the study that I that I worried about too. So it says that recently there's been a trend of people wanting to feed their pets a diet that follows their own dietary preferences. So obviously there's more and more people following a vegan you know, diet or meat-free diet or trying to reduce their meat intake, perhaps you know, vegetarian as well. Um, vets have long maintained that feeding cats a meat-free diet is a big no-no. But a new study published in the open access journal PLOS One challenges this assumption. The researchers write in the ex- in the abstract, cats fed vegan diets tend to be healthier than cats fed meat-based diets. This trend was clear and consistent. These results largely concur with previous similar studies. So are vegan diets really more healthy for cats? When we start to pick apart the findings, we see the evidence is far from conclusive. So the study involved, uh, as we said, 1,369 cat owners. Um, the respondents were mostly female, um, 91%, and represented a range of ages. Most lived in the UK, with others residing in Europe, North America, or Oceania. Uh, most, about 65%, had themselves adopted some form of diet to reduce meat consumption. So large majority were vegan, vegetarian or pescatarian or reducing their meat consumption. 
Um, a small portion, 9% fed their cats a vegan diet in spite of their own dietary choices. So the owners were asked about their cat's health, including specific health conditions, medication use, and how often they saw a vet. They were also asked their opinion on how healthy their cat was and oh. what the belie- they believe their vet would say about their cat's health. Oh. What, what they believe their vet would say. Wow, well, there's a big Wait. discrepancy between something sometimes I would say how so, healthy a cat is. Well, we could, even if we looked at our own cat, perhaps my opinion of how healthy our cat is would be quite different to your opinion Ollie. as the qualified person. <laughs> Olive, Olive's is, fat. I, is that what you're trying to say? Poor, poor Olive. I'm not, yeah, I can see where this is going already. This is, um, yeah, this is looks like it's got a lot of holes in it. Well, there are three people in the house that didn't think Olive's healthy and of a good weight. Oh, no, I'm not talking about I our know, situation. I know. <laughs> but I'm just highlighting the difference between what owners think and what uh, yes. what vets think. So what did the study find? Overall, the study found no evidence of detrimental health effects in cats fed a vegan diet. Mm-hmm. Sure. In fact, the authors suggest a vegan diet actually leads to health benefits for cats. The researchers looked at seven indicators of illness and found non-significant reductions in all of them in cats on a vegan diet. These included reduced vet visits, reduced use of medications, and fewer instances of owners thinking their cats were in poor health. Now, I always say owners do know when the cats are unwell, but, uh, but an indication of just health, I'm not so sure. Non-significance means the researchers didn't find strong enough evidence to say there was a meaningful difference between the groups, but it doesn't mean there was no effect, especially since some of the trends were strong. They found 15 diseases were more common in cats fed meat, while only 7 diseases were more common in cats on a vegan diet. Examples of less common disease for cats on a vegan diet included dental disease, skin disease and hormonal diseases. But again, the difference between the two diet groups were not statistically significant. Mm. There was only one disease for which a significant statistical difference was observed. Cats fed a vegan diet were slightly more likely to have kidney disease. So putting the findings in context, compared to similar past studies, this study included a relatively large number of cats. That said, only 127 of these cats were on a vegan diet. So 127 out of 1,369 huh. were, on, were on a vegan diet. So low numbers. Yeah. Most of the, But then, as we say, a lot of vet studies... Unfortunately, we, we are stuck with um, sort of low numbers with, with studies. Most of the health benefits reported for this group also did not reach statistical significance, which may be the result of simply not having enough animals in the study. The authors reported a tendency towards positive effects of vegan diets. This means there was a general trend, which was sometimes strong, but doesn't necessarily mean there is a very predictable relationship. As a survey study, it's not possible to confirm exactly what the cats were eating. Many of them went outside. <laughs> and chowing down on wildlife exactly, every day. on those little possums or rats, perhaps. <laughs> oh, those no. baby, the Inturac, probably, oh. those, those little well-fed possums. Mm. Hello, Buffy. What are those feathers around your mouth? Yeah, exactly. Come and eat your impossible <laughs> burger. <laughs> so they may have hunted down meaty treats. Oh, 
What a term, meaty treats. <laughs> Is that what it says there? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Even while on a vegan diet. Oh. What about a cockroach? Is that a meaty treat? No. Is it more a little birdie or a, oh, or a no. mouse or something a like that, rodent. I guess? Mm. Some owners also fed their cats treats and essential nutrient supplements. Well, yeah. that's good because they need them. Yeah, exactly, yes. So any beneficial effects or a lack of harmful effects may not be due to diet alone. Nothing, another missing piece of information is how long the cats were kept on the diet. We might assume one year, but that isn't specifically stated. This is important information since deficiency diseases can take time to, to develop. Yes. Finally, any study assessing animal health will have an inherent limitations if it's designed as a survey. Mm. Pet owners usually aren't medically trained and their opinions can be subjective and therefore biased. Owners who have removed or reduced meat in their own diet were overrepresented in the study. These people may already anticipate vegan diets are better for health and this thinking could influence their responses. It was also worth noting the study was founded by ProVeg International, oh. <laughs> a food awareness organisation that promotes plant-based products. While this might not have impacted the validity of data, it could have influenced the stance taken when reporting on the results. So, is a vegan diet good for a cat? Only a handful of studies have looked at health outcomes in cats-fed vegan diets. This study adds to a growing body of evidence that contrary to long-held beliefs, it may be possible for cats to stay on a healthy vegan diet. However, we'll need much more research before we can conclude vegan diets are better for cat health than diets containing meat. To obtain really strong evidence on the safety and health benefits of vegan diets, we'd need clinical trials involving a large cat population and direct measurements of health through veterinary exams and laboratory tests. Mm. One challenge that really isn't addressed in this paper is how a vegan cat diet should be safely put together. We know plant-based diets typically lack a range of nutrients cats need and which their bodies can't make. Previous studies have shown cats on vegan diets to have severe deficiency disorders affecting the muscles. I think they're probably talking about taurine um, mm, is the yes. main one there. It may be possible for owners to provide these nutrients through supplements, but this would require an understanding of cat nutrition and some sound advice from animal health professionals. For most of us, achieving a well-balanced diet for our felines in this way will be tricky. And let's not forget, cats are natural hunters and may well like the taste of meaty treats. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably wise to wait before letting Felix go completely meat-free. If you feel strongly about not feeding a cat meat, make sure to choose a commercial vegan pet diet and ask your vet about proper nutrient supplementation. Then they've gone on and they've actually asked Dr. Andrea Harvey, who's a US-based feline uh, specialist, to weigh in on the article as well. And, uh, and she sort of read what the conversation's written and said, this article is a fair analysis of the study. It importantly clarifies the study can't conclude that it's safe or beneficial to feed a solely vegan diet to cats in the long term. So don't change your cat's diet mm. yet. The details of the diets fed to these cats are very vague. Cats on a predominantly vegan diet may have been receiving non-vegan foods as well, which could have provided essential nutrients such as taurine, which mm -hmm. I mentioned, that may have been deficient in fully vegan diets. It also gave no detail about wet versus dry diets, which is another dietary factor that can impact health. As a feline specialist veterinarian, Dr. Harvey 
says, I know too well how good cats are at hiding signs of illness until they are very advanced. Owner-reported health status simply isn't good enough to determine a cat's health. For example, one concern with vegan diets is a lack of taurine, which is essential for cats. And certainly a lot of older vets, older than me, would have seen cats in the past with, with taurine deficiency that causes eye problems and, and heart disease. And both of those would not be evident to owners until the conditions are very advanced. Nutrient deficiencies can take a long time to develop, and the study didn't report on long-term feeding of a solely vegan diet. I also disagree that fewer vet visits and less medication indicate better health. Authors point out, the authors point out that part of the study was performed during COVID lockdowns, <laughs> which we know had significant vets on effects on veterinary visits. Well, I think veterinary visits actually went up during that period in Australia. Well, I think that it, you could. Mm. It was the one of the few places that you could legitimately go. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. the caseload at UVet surged by forty percent. Right. Oh, we were up massively. Mm. Could not yes. get an appointment with us at all. It was in, impossible. Mm. Which we know had significant vets on veterinary visits and also on some health conditions. To assess health impacts of vegan diets, much longer-term studies would be needed with more complete health assessments, including examination of the back of the eye, blood tests, and ultrasound examination. Mm. So, I guess the take-home message is it's... Well, that study seems to think that maybe you could feed your pet a vegan diet. It's really not adding much more information to... Um, the things we know that vegan diets are deficient in in certain nutrients um, and, and potentially could be a long-term problem for your cat. So yes. I, I wouldn't recommend changing yeah. at this stage. And I, I assume that anybody who's on a vegan diet themselves and thinks it's a good idea for their cat, <clears throat> for whatever reason, um, is not intending to do any harm. So, yeah, perhaps that combination of... Food plus supplements will be determined in the future if there is a proper study conducted. I find it interesting that they didn't mention carnitine as an amino acid, but that's quite important for cats with hyperthyroidism. And we know that cats, any cat over 10 is going to develop hyperthyroidism or diabetes. So it's going to be one or the other, take your pick. <laughs> um, I don't know which one's worse, probably um, diabetes, not sure, um, as far as medicating them and, yes. and whatnot. But, yes. you know, long-term health, carnitine is going to be really important for them as well as a taurine. So, yeah, you want to make sure that those things are, are well covered. Yeah, exactly. And I'm not sure, it'd be interesting to know if, um, you know, if you've got a supplemented diet with taurine, is, that, is the only source of taurine available actually <laughs> a meat source of taurine or can you get a synthetically mm. produced one that's grown on a... And on a petri dish or something like that, I don't know. I'm not really yes. sure that we'd we'd have to get uh, the prof from Delicate Care to have a chat about that. <laughs> Good idea. We? And I also wonder, you know, perhaps it's not um, not just vegans or vegetarians. Would perhaps um, someone who feels their cat has allergies perhaps think it's a good idea mm. to remove all those sort of allergens or potential allergens from meats? I don't know much about allergies in cats. Do you see cats presenting with yeah, allergies? Yeah, uh, we to do. Meat? It's very hard to diagnose allergies specifically in cats, but we do get cats that um, that have you know uh, sort of food allergies that can be shown as um, like a uh, food intolerance. So like a um, they get some gut issues mm -hmm. from a particular type of food. And it's thought maybe it's the protein in the food. Yes. So 
I guess, yeah, if you, if you go from a meat-based protein to a plant-based protein, that, that may assist that. Not really sure. Um, but, uh, and, but of course, you've also got the specific diets, um, you know, provided by delicate care, don't you? Yeah, for exactly. treating exactly yeah, those issues. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. Yeah, the, the, the anallergenic sort of diet or the... the al- um, low allergy and hypoallergenic, mm. or the you know the skin and stomach, and cats do get um uh, do get some pruritus sort of issues, some itching and stuff like a um, which we sometimes think is allergy related, some skin issues as well, and sometimes a diet can help with that too. But it's not really sort of clear cut, and I'm, I'm so certainly not a specialist dermatologist, but um but yeah, it certainly is a reason people might try changing onto a vegan a vegan diet. Um, but um, often I find owners often change their cat onto the food as to whatever the good marketing pitch is given um, at the local pet shop or the ads that they get on Facebook. It's it's amazing. Mm. Um, I get all the ads on Facebook that the owners get and uh, and whatever's popular ads at the moment, it's often what owners say, that's what I'm feeding my dog or cat currently. Mm. So, um, interesting. yeah, very interesting that the marketing mate plays a big part and I think people... Um, often don't go to their vet necessarily for for diet recommendations, um, which is which is disappointing, and sometimes end up with the uh, the teenager who's working on the weekend at the local pet shop uh, giving the best marketing spiel. Who hasn't spent much time at vet school? Yeah, that's right. Exactly, hasn't done any sort of course. Well, maybe they've done an online certificate in. Uh, Veterinary nutrition. Nutrition. They printed it out and laminated it. Exactly, exactly. Pride and place. So that's a bit of a cynical view from (laughs) us, isn't it? But it's certainly one us to see, I think, in in the vet clinic quite a bit. So, yeah. So, look, if if you've got... um, you know, if you've got any questions, um, perhaps you want us to talk about vegan diets in dogs. Um, We could talk about that, but... But you can feed a vegan diet to dogs a little bit, a little bit more cutthroat there. So, um, but certainly in cats, wouldn't recommend it. But if you got any questions, um, hit us up um, on the Mabba, or maybe you got some feedback. Maybe you you think that the the new voice of Deb that we've got on is is a is a much more sweet dulcet tone than perhaps Robbie's voice. And uh, then then let us know. We would love to get your feedback. Uh, hit us up at two vets talk pets at gmail you can find us on Facebook, Two Vets Talk Pets, or even on Instagram. I think we might be on uh, on TikTok too, but uh, I haven't uploaded something for a while, but you might be able to find us there. <laughs> Let's do a TikTok. We'll, we'll do a little dance, you think, yeah? Do a little do dance. do something. Or do uh, those, one of those, um, what are those things where you sort of um, miming or lip syncing some ridiculous Oh, clip. Millie Vanilli. Oh, no, no. do a Millie Vanilli number. <laughs> I don't know what you call it, but anyway, they can be funny. Yeah, they can be funny, but they might not be if we did it. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. So, look, yeah, certainly, um, yeah, if you've got any questions, uh, hit us up. Um, uh, go to Patreon, please, and support us. We do certainly appreciate everybody on Patreon that, that your support's been fantastic. Um, but uh, we might uh, scratch you later. Yes, and don't forget that um, Two Vets Talk Pets is here to help you. So make use of it so thanks for listening signing off thanks for listening to two vets talk pets with lewis and robbie to chat further about this week's episode or ask the guys any questions search two vets talk pets on facebook twitter and instagram or send an email to two vets talk pets at gmail.com 
You can find Lewis on Twitter with the handle at VetBehaviorist. And more importantly, as the two pet heroes return to their day job of saving animals' lives, be sure to thank them with a five-star review on iTunes. Every time you do, a small, cute animal will receive a cuddle.